Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. Some of this I shared on Wednesday evenings uh, during the pandemic. I want to review a little bit and then uh, give you some more uh, information and a challenge to you. Obviously, the vine in this passage is Jesus, and those that are followers of Christ are the, the branches. Those that have accepted Christ as their Savior, then we are part of Jesus. Uh, we are in Christ, other portions of Scripture say. We are uh, nourished and strengthened, and we get all that we need from Jesus. But we have a responsibility to play in that. In the King James Version, it says, if you abide in me. How many remember that scripture, abide in me? We would say now, that if you remain in me. Well, that puts the responsibility on who? Yeah, it puts it on us. Jesus is going to be Jesus for all eternity. He never changes. It's us sometimes we have to worry about. See, we have the responsibility to remain in him because if we don't remain in him, there, there are consequences to that. So in the first part, I just want to share, and you know this, you know this already, it's an encouragement to you to continue. For others, again, we have people listening online, and maybe you've not heard this ever before. Uh, sometimes those of us that have been in church for a long time, uh, we know some of these things. It acts as a reminder for others that are new to the church or maybe uh, listening. Uh, this is something new to you. We want to encourage you to follow these steps because we want you, first of all, to know Jesus Christ as Savior. It starts there. You're not born attached to the vine. You make a choice. You're born again to be attached to, to the vine by repenting of your sins, by asking Jesus to forgive you and to come into your life, by making the commitment you want him to be the new leader of your life, then you're part of the vine, you are the branches. But how do we stay connected? Now, these things we know, we know, but we have to practice them because it's easy to drift away. One of my concerns through the pandemic is for those that were barely apart, barely apart, and I'll just be, be honest, uh, Pastor Rick said this, let me put it this way, uh, it, you can't be a part-time Christian fighting a full-time devil. And, and, and unfortunately, we can grow so comfortable that, that those that were barely hanging on, 
not reading God's word, not praying, not having fellowship except once in a while. The pandemic, unfortunately, has already spread or has already speeded up where they were headed. And there's a drifting away that has occurred. And that saddens me. That saddens me. So how do we remain? How do we abide in Christ? Well, first of all, we spend time in his word. That's when we listen to God. We want to know what God has to say? Read his word. That's written by God for us. There's no substitute for it. There's no other way to, to get the nourishment that we need other than through the word of God. In our day, we have more resources available to us than ever before to be able to spend time in the word of God. I want to talk to you about a neat thought, and you've experienced this. It's called illumination. It's a theological term, but it makes perfect sense. Have you ever read a scripture, and you've read it before and heard it before, and all of a sudden the light goes on? Have you had that? That's illumination. That only happens with the word of God. Why? Because the word of God is alive. It's not a dead book with just words written on a piece of paper or reading off of your phone. It's alive. And the Holy Spirit speaks to us through the word. God speaks to us through the word. He illuminates things to us just when we need it, when we listen to him. Reading God's word is listening to him, praying you know these things, right? Pray, read your Bible. You know these things. But praying, spending time in prayer is speaking to God, listening to God through his word, speaking to God through prayer. You can pray at any time. You can pray. You don't have to pray just when you're in this church building. I felt such a great connection to the online church this morning as we were going through some of these things. I could just sense that they were right there even though we were separate. We were all together as we talked about this. We can pray at any time. We don't have to just be in the church building. If you haven't prayed in five months because the building was closed, there might be a, an issue there that needs to be addressed. You can pray while you're driving to work. You can pray on your way home. Some of you, the way you drive, need to pray. But anyway, that's a story for another time. Just going to have Ray sit up here now so he's ready with the, with the drum roll. Uh, anyway, okay. But we can pray then. We can pray when we have a moment of a break. We pray before we get out of bed. We pray when we go to bed. We pray when our mind is in neutral. This is the idea that Paul relates in Thessalonians to pray without ceasing. When our mind has nothing else that we're particularly thinking on or working or whatever, where do our thoughts go? One person said, when our mind is in neutral, wherever your mind goes, that's your God. Does it go to money and material things? That's your God. Does it go to family and relationships? That's your God. Does it go towards immorality and, and worldly things? That's your God. Where does your mind go when it's in neutral? Does it go to God? Do you have moments in time each and every day where you just kind of stop and you just thank the Lord for all that he's given you? That's abiding. That's abiding. That's remaining. You can be secure when you follow these steps. Fellowship. Fellowship has been difficult during the pandemic, but not impossible. We had a free ice cream night where many of you came. And it wasn't about the ice cream. I hope you understand that. It was about just getting together. And I sat back and I looked and I saw people gathering around, social distanced, but they were talking and and just glad to see one another. I thought, this is so great and so awesome. 
uh, we had ladies in our church that went to 40 different homes, two crazy women in particular, who are here this morning, whose names I won't mention, but I'll spend some time staring at them. They made signs and went to 40 different homes, said, God bless you, and they honked their horns because we can still do what we want to do if we want to do it. And fellowship is so much a part of that. Working out in the world, it's easy to get the uh, opinions of the world, but it's easy to, I, I like to think of it as, you know, it almost, we get dirty and we need to be cleaned all over again, you know, and we need the fellowship of believers. If we were only in fellowship with non-believers, we have to be careful because bad company corrupts good morals. But let's turn that around and good company helps us in our walk with the Lord. And so we love that time of fellowship, especially here at our church. We love to get together and just talk. And what else? To the glory of God. Amen. Just eat. Just eat. But we can continue to have fellowship, and many of you have done this. Notes, letters, emails, uh, whatever it takes, text, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Snapchat. Some of these I asked my daughter about because I didn't understand them either. But if we want to have fellowship, it is available for us. But fellowship is part of remaining in Christ. And the, the last one of these I want to cover is serving others. If you want to be with Jesus, then be like Jesus. And Jesus himself said, Mark 10, I did not come to be served, but I came to serve. And ultimately, he was talking about serving others by dying on the cross. John chapter 13, when no one else would wash anyone's feet, you know the story, right? They had eaten. They all had plenty of time to take the initiative themselves, but none of them were going to do it. The only one that was going to show them the full extent of his love was Jesus, and he washed their feet. Serving others is another way that we remain in Christ. We take our mind off of ourselves and put it onto others. We remain in Christ. And then Jesus guarantees if we do that, then we will bear much fruit. He also guarantees that when you pray, God will listen and he will answer those prayers, whatever you ask for. But if you remain in him, the time to pray is not when you uh, face a tragedy. It shouldn't be the last resort. It's our first response. Our first response is prayer when we face these difficult times and when you face times where you're not even sure what to pray, pray in the spirit. Allow the spirit to pray through you. Speak the name of Jesus. There's power. There's power in that. But there's more to this that I want to share with you. When and in what occasion, what was the context of when Jesus was speaking these words? Well, these were the last, some of the last words that he spoke to them before the crucifixion, before the resurrection, there were 40 days that he taught them about the kingdom uh, uh, before he ascended. But this is some of the last teaching that he's giving these guys to prepare them for what they're going to face. And so he wanted them to hear. He wanted them to know uh, what they were facing. And so in chapter uh, uh, 13, he washes their feet. Chapter 14, he says, let not your hearts be troubled. Chapter 15, he's teaching them, you're a part of me, remain in me, that's your responsibility, because why? Persecution is coming. Look at the rest of, of chapter 15, starting at verse 18. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. 
James put it this way, if you're friends with the world, then you're an enemy of God. The world is diametrically opposed to the kingdom of God. As it is, Jesus goes on, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world, does anybody know, hates you, hates you. Are we seeing any of this now? Yeah, we are. It's already been happening all around the world. I mean, I don't want to be a pessimist, but it's coming. It's here in some forms in the United States already. Remember the words I spoke to you, no servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, guess what? They will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours. They will treat you this way, verse 21, because of my name. What do we sing at the beginning? Speak the name. And when we speak the name, what happens? Obviously good things. But when we speak the name of Jesus, the world hates us even more because there's no more offensive name than the name of Jesus. And so how much more do we need to speak the name of Jesus? I've been asked to pray at different things. Pastor Kenyon's here. He's prayed at millions and millions of events. We pray in the name of Jesus. If you're, not going, if you're going to invite us somewhere to pray, we're going to pray in the name of Jesus because there is no other name by which man shall be saved. There's no greater name. The name of Jesus. And why will the world hate us? Because of the name, because of my name. Because of our association with Jesus. For they do not know they do not know the one who sent me. So what was ahead of the disciples? An easy life. Jesus was going to die, rise again, ascend, Pentecost, and everything was going to be wonderful. Utopia, not at all. Persecution, hardship, difficulties. Every original disciple was, died a martyr's death other than John. John the Apostle didn't die a martyr's death, but they boiled him in oil and it didn't kill him, so they threw him on the island of Patmos where he had a new revelation of who Jesus was. So he could send to the churches and say, whatever you're facing, whatever persecution you're going through, Jesus wins because I saw Jesus for who he is and I see where Jesus is now. He's seated on the throne looking as a lamb who has been slain, worthy Worthy, worthy to be praised. And all of heaven is worshiping him. And someday all of earth will speak the name of Jesus. Because at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. That's what John was saying. It wasn't an easy life. Can I just tell you something? If you're looking for an easy life, then don't be a follower of Jesus Christ. Because we face difficulties and maybe you have, but you will. You'll face persecution. A Pew Research poll that took place before the pandemic shares these views. Pew is very reputable. In the last 10 years, the percentage of Americans identifying as Christian has dropped from 77% to only 65%. There's a falling away. 
During the same time, the percentage of those unaffiliated with religion skyrocketed from 17% to 26%. Protestant Christian Americans plummeted from over half of Americans, 51%, to only 43% by 2019. During the same period of time, the percentage of atheists have doubled during that period from 2% to 4%. Now, I tell you that because some of the people that used to sit in the pew weren't saved. We get that. And so they kind of fell out of attending church, but they weren't Christians in the first place. But these numbers are too great. There's too many that were a part of church. And I'll even say this. There's too many that grew up in church and grew up in Sunday school, and grew up hearing the word of God, and, and, and grew up uh, in a family that served the Lord, and, and all of this, and, and they're, they've just fallen away. Now, first of all, don't give up on them, okay? We've talked about, you never give up, you never stop praying for them. But here's my heart as a pastor. I don't want anyone to fall away. And you know how it happens. It doesn't just happen. I'm a spirit-filled believer. I've attended church and, and on Sunday, and I've done it for years, and I pray, read the Bible, and fellowship with others, and serve others in the name of Jesus. And then Monday they wake up and, oh, I'm not saved anymore. I'm not going to serve the Lord. That's not how it happens. It happens just as we've seen over the pandemic. It happens gradually. Little by little, the tree limb gets weaker and weaker and deader and deader until this is what happens. This is out of my front yard from the last storm. This represents sadness to me because this limb was once, once vital and produced leaves and shade that we enjoyed. I don't know, you know, biologically or whatever what exactly happened, but little by little, this limb began to die. Watch, until a real storm hit, and it was gone completely. Now, what good is this? This is kind of big. We could cut it up. But what about those little branches? What good are they? Jesus told us, you know, it's not good. The ending for the branches that fall off of the vine is, it's not good. And so maybe this is a little, maybe it's a little bit of a warning to some that are listening. But I hope that to all that's listening, this is an encouragement to make sure this never happens to you. That you're attached to the vine. Will there be storms? Jesus said there would be, so I'm going to say uh, yes. Will you be persecuted for your beliefs? Jesus said you would be, so I'm going to say um, yes. But if you abide in him and you remain in him, then guess what? He remains in you. And you can weather the storms. You can make it through whatever you're facing. You can endure persecution and hardship and trials, troubles, and tears if you remain in Jesus. 
because the end for that is not going to be good. The end for those that remain in Christ, here's the good news. We have no end. <laughs> Isn't that exciting? There is no end. Well, I'll say this. There's an end of life on this earth, but that only ushers us into eternity that never ends. All of the blessings that Jesus promised for us are waiting for us. He blesses us now. Imagine what heaven holds for us. I don't know if I've told you this, but I've been thinking about it. You know, what about the bad, when we get to heaven, what about the bad things we experienced on earth? Are we going to remember those anymore? What about what's going on on earth? Are we going to know and are we going to be, how could we not be sorrowful? I'm going to tell you how. The joy of heaven is going to be so great that it's going to overpower any sorrow that you've ever experienced. I'm not a woman. Okay. I've never given birth. I've been in close proximity. The pain of childbirth is greater than any man could endure. That's why he had women do it. I always think there'd be a lot less children if men had to endure the pain. But why do women have, after all that pain, more than one child? Because the joy far outweighs the pain. You see, when we get to heaven, the joy is going to be so all encompassing that that's all that we're going to experience for all eternity. So let me start to land the plane. Difficulties are going to be there. Trials, troubles, and tears. Remain in Jesus and he will remain in you. And there are blessings in this life for that. Whatever you ask in his name, he will, he will answer. There are blessings in that for us. We will be fruitful. And I didn't get into what the fruit is. It's the fruit of the Spirit and, and all of that. I don't have time, time to get into all that. But we'll be fruitful. Our lives will touch other lives. The legacy of our lives will live on long after we're gone. And I am going to. I tease Brother Kenyon, uh, but I love Brother Kenyon and respect him so dearly. And I, I want to speak to you, Brother Kenyon, as an example. Up in the sound booth is part, part of your legacy. Our youth minister, part of your legacy. Ray, part of the legacy. One of our worship leaders doing a podcast, faithful, bring their son to church every time they can, and part of the legacy. And I know there were days in those however many years you pastored, and I'm not going to tease you about that. I know there were days where you asked, Lord, is it worth it? Yes, it is. And I say that to him, but I say that to all of you. Through difficulties, through trials, troubles, and tears, is it, is it worth it? Yes, 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 it is worth it. When we remain in him and he remains in us, we will bear much fruit. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.
Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.